I'm turning on the grill. Beep, boop. That's not the sound the grill makes. Hey there, bun buddies, and welcome to License to Grill, a Bob's Burgers podcast brought to you by the Ultimate Tabletop Network. I'm your host, Zalzazane, and with me is my partner, Kim. This week, we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 7, Bed and Breakfast, enjoying a delicious Camembert legal burger, and testing our knowledge of trivia. And with that, let's get on with the episode. You, you oh, got right. the episode information. Uh, yeah, I do. The episode aired on March 13th, 2011. It has an IMDb score of 7.6, which feels low because this episode actually entertained the heck out of me. It was directed by Bu Wan Lim and written by Holly Schleisinger. The synopsises are wild. There are two and neither of them are accurate. The first one, which comes from the IMDb, is Linda gets really excited about opening a bed and breakfast to capitalize on the high volume of tourists coming into town. But when guests start to arrive, Louise senses espionage afoot. That, that sounds simple enough. It's mostly correct. And then Fox released the synopsis as with a long weekend approaching, Linda sees an opportunity to capitalize on the tourist traffic by starting a bed and breakfast. But when the reservations are filled by some shady characters, Louise plants listening devices all over the house to keep an ear on what's happening. Yeah, none of that happened. There's espionage and Louise spying. I mean, there's definitely her sneaking around and like getting into hijinks, but nothing 007-y. Maybe some light treason. <laughs> Family treason. Were there any first appearances we want to get into? There is the first mention of Teddy's ex-wife, Denise, who we actually get to meet properly and not in some weird sex flashback later on. Uh, interesting is Larry Murphy, who does the voice of Teddy, also does the voice of Javed in the episode. Interesting. The voice of Nora Samuels, of Mr. and Mrs. Samuels, is Melissa Galski, who does a lot of extra voices on Bob's Burgers, but also played the character of Melissa from Home Movies. Really? Yep. More references to Home Movies, which I like. All that they use their first names for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe they're not that clever. I'm kidding. Home Movies is actually a very clever show. And Ed Samuels, Nora's husband, is none other than H. John Benjamin, who does the voice of Bob. So it's a really sort of like in-house episode as far as voices go. It makes sense that they would reuse as many of the voice actors as they can. Yeah, why not? Especially, At least for season one. Well, especially if they have good vibes, right? Now, on to the episode. Okay. So for our opening gags, we have the store next door, which is the horse renderer. Obviously a play on the horse whisperer. Indeed. Although, in this case, the horses become glue. Yeah, that's not super great. <laughs> van watch. And as always, the exterminator van is rats all, folks. And get ready for the scream. Rats all folk watch 2022. Continues. Van watch. <laughs> Van watch. So we open the episode in the interior of the restaurant and Linda comes in as if she was pretty woman on her shopping spree. And apparently they are renting out the rooms for the long weekend. You know, Linda has so many dreams. I think three out of the seven episodes we've watched so far are Linda's dreams that she either guilts Bob into or Bob is supportive of. What's the other one? The dinner theater. Dinner theater. Having kids. 
<laughs> she guilted Bob into having kids. Yikes. So she has a whole bunch of bags, and Louise is ecstatic that they're having random strangers shedding skin cells all over the house. Except for her room. Except for her room, because she moved into a closet. And everybody made fun of her, but she gets the last laugh. Well, not quite. Mm. Uh, Bob is against the B&B as much as you can be while still letting it happen. Yep. That's uh, passive aggressive ball <laughs> i mean what's he gonna do he it's, loves his wife and wants her to be happy and is trying to be very supportive even if he doesn't like it it's true once she's decided something it's hard to turn linda away yeah just like apparently it was hard to turn denise away from having the three-way with their neighbor ray who dressed up as the seal on the wonder wharf pier <sighs> i wouldn't call that a three-way if he's just sitting there watching it's kind of a three-way two and a half way at best <laughs> What a thing to drop in an episode, Teddy. There's a lot in this episode. It's true. We do get to learn a whole lot about Teddy, and this episode is relatively horny. I'd say it's a good 7 out of 10 on the horny scale. Thanks, Tina. Teddy wasn't involved. He just watched. Then Jean mentions that he had a three-way in science class yesterday. Tammy's lab partner was absent, so she joined me and Joey. Apparently, as, as per Bob's Burger Wikipedia, that is not Tammy who we meet later on at Wagstaff. The beloved Tammy. A different Tammy. It's apparently a different Tammy. Do you know what the three things are that Linda buys for the house that you see that she mentions she has the potpourri which she shoves up bob's nose just like you do to me yep i was actually a thousand percent gonna mention that the fancy toilet paper that gets immediately used to mummify tina (laughs) yep extra expensive toilet paper and i assume ice cream doilies doilies there are literally doilies all over the house in the next couple of scenes bob makes a comment about it eating into the profits linda says that money reviews and when i go to heaven god will be Hey, aren't you the lady that ran the B&B I heard about? Apparently that's the goal. She wants to have a sesh with the big G and have him know her B&B. And you know what? After this episode, he very well might know it. Just maybe not for the reasons Linda would want him to. You know what? Linda is surprisingly religious in this episode. She does mention the big G a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you already mentioned that Louise mummifies Tina, which I thought was cute. She's holding the toilet paper and Tina's just spinning on the seat. Until Linda tells her to wrap that back up and Tina volunteers to stand in the bathroom and be the toilet paper for people. Which is pretty on brand for horny pervy Tina. She is a bit of a sex pest. (laughs) Sex pest, I like that. Uh, Bob does mention that Linda always does this. Whenever you entertain, you put way too much effort in and drive yourself crazy. Which I can very much relate to. I am like the obsessive cleaner and like things to be perfect. So if people come over to my house, they don't look at something and go, oh my god, there is a little bit of dust on that baseboard these people are animals which is what my brain says from my experience you get wrapped up in things so much that you're less willing to actually invite somebody over (laughs) yeah don't come to my house that is a good warning for anybody listening to the podcast don't don't come to my house i like my house i like my space being my space i mean our space our space my space who's your top 10 top five who's the top five god you're so young i'm so young you don't look a day over 21 and so this is where we hear louise mention that remember when you made fun of me for moving into the closet well and now you suckers have to give your rooms and i don't i thought that was interesting because they made fun of louise the very clear bully in the family I think it would take a lot of guts for Tina or Jean to make fun of her. I feel like making fun of her is a bit strong for what probably happened. They probably attempted to make fun of her choice while she stood by it and was like, yep, well, this is going to work for me, so... I imagine that she was probably sharing a room with Tina, and so I'm sure Tina was very glad to get rid of her. 
for some, for what is it private what did you call her secret perv no sex pest sex pest and her thrashing yeah that's right she does she is a sleep thrasher a violent sleeper so louise was probably happy to get out of there and climb into a closet so not long after that we get our the arrival of our first guest that will be javid javid entomologist yeah, Linda asks him if he's a doctor of glands or butts. Yeah, he definitely says it's not butts, but yeah. he is really into beetles. He is really... Hey, let's be fair. Every guest in this house is really into something, including Teddy. I like how he mentions that he's here to take care of his my fungal beetles. Are they just fungal beetles or are they my fungal beetles? The subtitles said my fungal beetles. Right, that's what I thought too. After a quick Google search... There's no such thing. They were made up for this episode. Oh, well, there you go. He may have been trying to say, I want to take care of my fungal beetles, but the subtitles mashed it together as one word. Yeah, subtitles never mess things over. Oh, man, I sent a letter to Netflix about their bad (laughs) subtitles. And he mentions that the town has a very, very high potency of fungus, to which Bob replies that that's a town motto. And Gene responds, Fungus town! Fungus town! Which I was very in love with. That might be a contender for quote of the day. Javed is put in the equestrian suite. He realizes fairly quickly that Tina likes horses. And uh, he pulls out his specimen jars. There, He's looking for a mate for the queen, which Tina replies, oh, so you're just going to watch beetles have sex? There's a synthetic pheromone, which Tina asks, does it work on human boys? To which she promptly sprays it in her mouth. You know, Javid says no at first, but it feels like one of those things like he doesn't know. So he's, no, maybe. 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 Well, that's the thing about science. In science, anything can happen for any reason. (laughs) And Nora Samuel show up next. And they want nothing to do with the meet and greet. Some fun things about the salon, as Linda likes to call it. The sign in the background says, Welcome B&B BFFs, which I thought was really cute. Also, the magazines that she puts on the table really aren't that interesting, but I want to mention it anyways. It's faraway places, wine and cheese, and sports and food and homes. In one magazine? In all in one magazine. Wow. What if you like food and sports at home? Then that's not the magazine for you. Linda bullies everyone to attend the meet and greet. She actually tells Tina to wake uh, Yavid up so he can attend. And this is where they have the party game. Samuels just seem to want to be left alone. Yeah, we know why. Yeah, we find out why. But they're just like me on vacation. They don't really want to do anything. They just want to have some nice, relaxing vacation time on their own and not be bothered. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if you've ever been to a bed and breakfast. I've never been. But I mean, kind of the nice thing about it is that it's supposed to feel like home, but you're also allowed to do whatever you want. And then there's kind of like these events if you want to participate. So it's like a home tell. A home tell. Sure, yeah. The question, which is not a good icebreaker, is what is your most embarrassing moment? And there are some doozies. Oh, yeah. There are several. Well, Linda talks about spitting a communion wafer onto her boob, which I thought was great. And then everyone basically rails into Bob, which is hilarious. There are several, several, several that basically everyone in the family uh, uh, cracks at him. So he had a perm uh, that made him look like Barbara Streisand. It was a body weave. (laughs) 
made it look like Barbara Streisand, the main event, or like Barbara Streisand's pubes. Yikes. Dad cried at the end of About Smith. He tried to go jogging. He says gracias at Mexican restaurants. And he made a poopy when uh, Linda gave him a prostate exam. Linda's not a doctor. So. Maybe she's the butt doctor. Maybe. We never saw what she did at college. Maybe that was once her dream. That would explain Tina. <laughs> and then uh, Gene immediately comes out in his underwear. Darling, darling Gene and his little tidy whiteies. They ask him why he's in his underwear. He was eating, of course. Because, like, why wouldn't you take off all of your clothes? You don't want to get butter on them. What? You want me to get butter all over my clothes? You want me to get butter all over my clothes? That heavily implies that he's just eating butter. It sure does. But I definitely get the sloppy eater thing. It's very rare that I go a meal without getting something on my clothes. So I get it. I don't know if I'd want to eat food naked, though. You have very aggressive boobs. They want to take a little sip of your soup. <laughs> they want a little snack attack. We find out that Jean has an edible mole. Oh, that comes... Oh, I was going to mention something before that. Which is Louise mentioning that they take him back and hose him down. And it immediately reminded me of the time that you ate a cupcake that I made. And it crumbled all over you. And I got out the dust buster and vacuumed it off your chest. <laughs> you make great cupcakes. I do make good cupcakes. I do. And then Gene asks if Yavid is a doctor. And if it's a mole. And he says he's not a doctor. And that's a raisin. Which Gene calls the edible mole. Which I thought was delightful. That is very cute. Of course, the most embarrassing thing by the Samuels is this exact thing that they're doing. I feel like Gene tops it with his next comment in which he tells that his nipples are so pointy and he goes Dean Dong it's for you and points to Nora Samuels. Yikes. And that she better answer it because it could be a package. <laughs> Gene's got a package for you. Yikes. You know Gene is very comfortable with nudity. He really is. No one else is. No no he's a free flying oh free spirit Free farting. Free freak flag flying little boy. Yeah, he really, really is. That night, everyone is squeezed, except for Louise. You see Louise stretched out in her closet, looking very comfortable. And then we cut to the rest of the family in the bedroom, the main bedroom. Bob and Linda are there with Tina and Jean. They look very uncomfortable, and this is why I have a king-size bed, so we can sleep on our respective sides and there's nothing in between. Sometimes we meet in the middle. It's like, you know, two countries, they come to parlay during war, and then they go back to their respective sides. That's the one-man zone. <laughs> the one-man zone. <laughs> Jean puts his foot down his dad's underwear. It's warm down there. I guess they've given up on spelling out ass these days. They just say it to these kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because ASS earlier in an episode. Yeah, this is I think the series kind of starts finding its way. Tina asks probably one of the most philosophical questions ever, which is, do you think horses get songs stuck in their heads? Only the musically inclined horses. So what is that? Like the horses on a carousel? Or the ones that learn to play the piano. Horses don't play the piano. I bet you $5 that there are YouTube videos of horses playing no, the piano. I'm not going to bet that money because I know that you already seen the video because you watch weird stuff on YouTube. Jean offers Bob some of his bedtime chicken and whispers very quietly so everyone can hear that he only has enough for them. Linda eventually angrily eats one of them. She's very grumpy. She's upset that none of the clients are in the B&B &B spirit. Do those look like chicken strips or drumsticks? They look like drumsticks. There's gonna be a lot of bones to clean up in the morning. Yeah, where are you putting those bones? You're gonna just leave them behind the bed? Like in the bed sheets? Where are those bones gonna end up? Put them in Tina's mouth so she doesn't bite her tongue. <laughs> After Linda eats the chicken, Jean chimes in with, that's okay, I have a backup and pulls out another drumstick, which I thought was great. And the old Bugs Bunny pocket. A little bit, yeah, exactly. 
We cut to the restaurant in the morning where Teddy and Bob are having an exchange. Bob mentions that there was a big long line in the bathroom, so he goes downstairs to do his morning routine where he brushes his teeth and shaves and bathes in the sink. I wish I could straight edge cleaver shave. That would rule. Yeah, it was actually pretty impressive, huh? Yeah. Do you think he actually shaved though? Or do you think he just sprayed shaving foam and then just like grazed it? Like not actually shaving. How sharp is that cleaver? What does he use that cleaver for? Bob looks like he takes care of his tools. What do you use a cleaver for in a burger restaurant? It's not to cut up lettuce or uh, tomatoes. Probably to cut up bigger vegetables. He used turnips or something in one of his burgers, Oh yeah, didn't that's he? fair. All right. You win this time, turnip. Or if he has like meat chunks that he's got to break down before he grinds. Them. Yeah, okay. Uh, Linda comes down and asks for pretty toothpicks. I guess those are the ones that are like swords or maybe the umbrella toothpicks. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, Teddy asks her how the B&B is going. I like that Teddy's always interested in what Linda's doing. She says it's great. Why? What did you hear? Teddy says he bets it's magical up there. He pictures that it's like England, which I thought was kind of funny. Linda says that Teddy would be the dream guest. And so she does the unthinkable and offers Teddy Louise's room. Yeah, that's going to be a bit of a rough sell. Uh, Bob uh, immediately reminds Linda that that's a bad, bad idea. Uh, it reminds Linda that when she vacuumed the, her room last, she didn't talk to Linda for a week. So does that mean they just can't vacuum her room? Yeah, I imagine that it's something like that. Okay. Which is fine. Louise's room is actually relatively pretty tidy. That's like the sociopath in her. Right. Likes everything neat and tidy. There is a exchange between Louise and Linda where Louise catches Linda taking a box of her random assortment of of anime toys and figures out of her room. I like the verbal dance that they get into. Yeah. Hey, Annie, how are you? I'm fine, mother. What are you doing? It's very, very good. To which Teddy also gets involved, and Louise exclaims for the first time, I will see you in hell. Wow. And she's being dragged away. I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't want someone sleeping in my room. Right? When you were growing up, would you want people sleeping in your room? No, not even a little. I mean, Gene already had his grandparents having sex in his bedroom. Like, oh my god. And then the Samuels are in his room having sex is what is, what pheromones are in jeans room it's those farts it must be pheromone farts it's everyone in the mood that's got to be a thing it's his free sexual spirit everyone's just drawn to it i don't know it's weird yeah. now that i'm thinking about it that is a revelation we are at the next bed and breakfast event, the wine and cheese event that only Teddy is attending. Jean mentions that the Samuels are probably not going to attend because it sounds like they're jumping on their bed. It sounds like the springs are going crazy. Teddy makes a innuendo suggesting that they're uh, busy. Wink. Which Jean replies with what? Homework? Which I thought was great. It's really Jean's episode, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. He's got so many zingers. He's got so much childlike enthusiasm. Javid comes out. Did I say his name right? Javid? 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 My name is Javid. Javid comes out, and Linda basically tries to shove cheese into his mouth. Jean has gone over his limit with cheese because he says it's delicious, to which he promptly spews it back onto the plate. Looking exactly like a good brie. <laughs> hey, don't mess with brie. It looks like a messy cottage cheese. Doesn't she use this cheese for breakfast? So does she use Jean's barf cheese? Yes. All right. So Yavid says that he has to go and get these bugs to mate. Tina wants to go and watch. What a little pest. What a little sex pest. Teddy and Louise have words again. Louise threatens Teddy to get out of her room, to which she tells him that he has one hour before she gets real, and to which we promptly cut to one hour later, where Louise is 
sneaking around the house. So I guess this is kind of where espionage comes into play, but still like not quite the description of the episode. Anyway, so she goes into the bug room, the equestrian suite to get the pheromones, which I kind of queried, how does she know about them? Because Tina's the one that knows about them. Oh, maybe this is where they were going to put in the listening devices. Mm. Maybe that just got cut. I guess she listens through the air vents. Yeah. That's not really listening devices. I, I, I could see that being why there was the synopsis and then it just cutting the floor. they cut it out, yeah. There's not actually a lot of interaction between the three kids in this episode. Everything's kind of separate. You don't even see Tina mention it to Louise. She's too busy with the sex pests. <laughs> you know, that's a bit of a problem with writing in cartoons these days. The writers expect you to fill in the gaps for them. Mm. They do that a lot on The Simpsons and other shows where they don't show characters interacting. They just expect you to fill in that they probably did. I guess it's safe to assume that Tina might have mentioned something, but their first night they're not even sleeping in the same room. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Louise gets the pheromone. She sprays it all over Teddy's pillow and kind of generally all over the room and flees the scene of the crime. Flees the scene of the crime. And we get a goodnight Yavi where he's on the bed with beetles, like holding them like plastic army men, like trying to make them f- or like girls used to play with Barbies and Kens, like before they'd mash them together. Scissor them real good. Yikes. And <laughs> Yavi calls her a crazy lady. And she's a nut, am I right? Like he's having a conversation with the bugs. Well, just like Bob has conversations with the burgers. That's true. That's true. They do have that sort of commonality. Good night, Samuels. And she opens the door and there is the quote-unquote homework that they're doing. It is a full-on BDSM scene. Nora Samuel is in a latex outfit with Madonna conical bras and a mask on top of Ed riding him. And she has a crop, but it has like a little flail on it. Whipping him like the naughty boy he is. Whipping him like the naughty boy he is. He's handcuffed. Wearing like little skimpy red undies. <laughs> My favorite thing is they say close the door. And Linda closes the door with her inside the room. It was a very good gag. Very good gag. Yikes, Linda. Uh, Linda leaves. Jean is outside. Jean goes, why was he wearing handcuffs? To which Linda says that they're escape artists, which I think was a really good cover. Especially with Jean, who believes in magic. Yeah, I can see him annoying them with a plethora of questions had they actually stayed. That night, Louise is introduced to the corner for eating, the area for exercising, and where Tina thrashes on the bed, which she says she is going to stand because the mission needs to take place. She stays standing because she can't stand Teddy being in her room. <laughs> That's good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. During the night, she goes and gets the jars of bugs and releases them under the door so that they get to business as they were, as they say. The bugs also do homework. The next morning is breakfast. Linda mentions that she made the omelets with the cheese from the wine and cheese event, which is why we were asking if she used Jean's puke cheese. Bob almost chokes on a toothpick. And then Teddy. Teddy comes in with his face covered in bugs. Bugs doing homework. <laughs> doing homework. They're doing arithmetic. Ooh. They're doing... Multiplication on his face. <laughs> Biology, yeah. It's weird that he doesn't feel them. Like, there are a lot of bugs. Yeah. When you have, like, you would see them, because they're, like, on his nose and under his eye. Like, they're everywhere. Yeah. It's 
gross. But he doesn't know it. And his comment as to how he doesn't know is because he hasn't looked in a mirror yet. But, you know, I guess that's just lovable Teddy. Yavid says that they're in an amorous state. He's never seen them so amorous. He's never seen them so amorous. And it's clear that someone used the pheromones on him. It's pretty easily discernible that it was Louise. Uh, Linda tells Bob to deal with it. Bob says, okay, yeah, give her back her room. Linda says no. And he's like, well, I don't know what else to say and walks off. Really passive Bob. Bob is not super active in this episode at all. You know, it's probably for the best. You were a little burnt out on Bob. I was. A couple of episodes back. Yeah, we, needed, we needed some spotlight on some other characters. I, I feel like he's doing the hands-off approach of Linda made this mess for herself and she's just got to deal with it. He's probably tired too, eh? You run a restaurant all day and then sleep with like jeans feet in your butt or like arm in your mouth and you have a tentacle massage bed with Tina thrashing about. Linda grounds Louise. She says, go to your room. To which Louise says gladly. No, go to my room. So locks them into Bob and Linda's room to which Louise... Uh, is very excited. While they're in there, a couple people comment on how Teddy is super chill. And he is. He's just like the chillest, easiest going guy. So I'm really curious as to why him and Denise got divorced. Probably too passive. She wanted a more aggressive man. She wanted a more aggressive seal. Yeah. Teddy says that the only thing that gets to him is costume characters because they're, they're cold, dead eyes while they're stooping your wife. Louise says, thank you, Teddy. Thank you, Mom's Purse. Thank you, phone call. And immediately calls a costume store to order costume characters. What a mom. That's almost as bad as a party-sized sub drowning in vinegar. <laughs> Linda is, goes around offering people cookies. Linda looks absolutely unhinged. Her hair is everywhere. She's trying to force cookies on people. The Samuels have packed up and are ready to leave. She tells them that they're not allowed to leave to get out their BDSM gear because Ed is a naughty, naughty boy. To which she's like, I am a naughty boy. And then she locks them in the room. Linda has been getting progressively disheveled over the course of this episode, and I appreciate that. Yeah, it kind of definitely shows her unraveling. It's like the no, what is it? The no sleep and no something makes something something. No beer and no TV make or something something yeah <laughs> that's kind of what's happening yeah no b and b no cheese and wine makes linda go something something ah uh, just like in the shinning yeah you have to say that because you don't want to get sued linda also locks yavin in his room and she goes into teddy's room and his face is absolutely swollen from all of the bugs they must have been biting or stinging or something they were definitely doing something to his face yikes and <laughs> linda has promoted him to the platinum status whatever that means offers to do uh, room service to which he is asking for a bacon burger but of course because he's all swollen nobody understands what he's saying so they play charades a charades is actually super funny tina uh, mentions dinosaurs as her answer for everything and jurassic park yeah jurassic park gets mentioned pig cow bacon burger charades kevin bacon kevin bacon and then of course footloose i thought that was going to be a trivia question you know it was gonna be but then i saw you writing it all down so. <laughs> and then the fuzzy buddies arrive Oof. there's a knock on the door and a fox a hippo a bear in a diaper a frog a raccoon and an owl show up teddy goes absolutely ballistic and starts fighting them yep and then starts sobbing uncontrollably i like how in the background too because louise has let out all of those bugs you kind of just see them crawling around everywhere which really just speaks to the more and more chaos that is unfurled in the house yeah, Teddy full-on punches that fox square in the face. 
Yeah. A lot. Well, we see them later, and they're, like, really fucked up. Like, he's roughed him up real bad. Teddy's a big boy. He is a big boy. And I can see him being a pretty big fighter. He's, like, that gentle giant, but still a giant. You know, like the Andre the Giant of Bob's Burger. Does anyone yeah. want a peanut? <laughs> Back to Bob's Burger. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to the ice cream social. Linda is carrying a tray of melted Neapolitan ice cream. Ice cream soup. Ice cream soup. It's yikes. Uh, <laughs> Bob brings up a burger for Teddy, which is nice. He offers to feed it to him like piece by piece because his face is so swollen and he can't. Linda tells him to chew it up like a mama bird and screams that he's platinum status so he deserves it. And Bob is like, look what you've turned into. Linda is now, what am I going to say to God in heaven? Linda has gone mad. She's lost a key. It's it's chaos. Yeah. She Bob tells her she has to let the people out. She's lost the key. She basically has like a total meltdown. She can't go ask Louise because Louise hates her. Bob says, no, just go talk to her. The next moment I actually really like, and this is sort of one of those really nice moments in the show where you see Linda and Louise. Linda comes in and apologizes for kind of giving her away her room, which I think is cool. You know, own up to your mistake. Louise accepts it. Linda asks her to unlock the doors, to which she agrees. You know, Louise has an extensive lockpick kit. It's like Save up her allowance, I guess. Lockpick <laughs> kits are not illegal. It's true. They're not. They're not. They're not. I can see them getting her one. By accident? No, I can just see like a moment of weakness where Bob or Linda thinks they're like nurturing her natural talents or something. And they're like, oh yeah, sweetie, we'll get you a, you know, it's like when you think you're buying, you know, your kid wants to be a chef. So you buy him an easy bake oven. I bet they think that the lockpicks probably don't work or something. And it's just like, you know, you buy those kids those plastic food and a little grocery store or Fisher Price kitchen and you're like yeah go be a chef oh you can be a cute little lock picker of more realistic cops and robbers <laughs> yeah exactly it is a really nice impassioned plea yeah that's nice uh, Yavid just didn't know he was lock in, locked in. He says to his bugs that Linda is bonkers and then screams at them, look at me while I'm talking to you. So someone else is also unhinged. Maybe the pheromones have gotten to him. He is an entomologist. Doctor of butts. Those butts make you nuts. <laughs> He's losing his butt. When they open the door to the Samuels room, they have broken out. They have made a rope out of their clothing, but unfortunately they did not make it long enough. Gene exclaims that it is their greatest ex escape, which I thought was hilarious. He also finds the gimp mask, which he immediately puts on, and it kind of suits him, which I really hate saying. Yeah. And Linda basically extorts them. Blackmail for ladders. Yeah, <laughs> for a ladder. Like, tells them, are you going, how much did you like us? Are you going to recommend us? Are you going to give me your email address? And until they agree, she won't go get the ladder. Honestly, from the look of it, they're maybe four to five feet up. They could drop and be perfectly fine. They probably would have been okay. Then it cuts to Bob giving the very beat up Fuzzy Buddies money. One of them gets a $2 tip. Honestly, I don't know what I would tip in this sort of situation. I guess all of the money from the bed and breakfast is gone. I like how they always find ways for this money to like vanish at the end of the day. You know what? If I was at that bed and breakfast and a child of the bed and breakfast katirs sicked my worst fears on me and had bugs mate with my face, I would full on sue. Yeah, but 
it's Teddy, and Teddy likes them. Yeah. Teddy, like, wants to be Bob's best friend. He wants to be, like, the third wheel. He wants a three-way with Bob and Linda. Yikes. <laughs> he can just watch. <laughs> he can just watch. Teddy says that he's worked out his issues and that him and Owl are going to go get a drink. He, he thinks there's a woman inside. Him and Bob have this exchange. Bob says, no, the fox is a girl. Teddy's like, no, the owl is, a, is the girl. And my question is, how do they know? They're in giant animals costumes and if it it makes it a little bit worse if the fox is a girl because he just wailed on that fox <laughs> he did he punched it right in the face man that's like taskmaster new zealand season three episode two business <laughs> right there wow deep cut guys deep cut but seriously watch taskmaster new zealand or regular taskmaster it's all good not the american one not the american one watch the uk or the new zealand okay good taskmaster watch it and they leave linda decides to give them a grade of a b or as she extrapolates a B&B plus, uh, which I thought was cute, but grossly accurate. <laughs> What'd you give them? <sighs> Man, I am a not very aggressive person, so I probably just wouldn't give them any grade and try and forget. <laughs> just try and compartmentalize. Yep. I'm going to put this in my box and put it on my memory shelf. Yeah. The episode ends with Gene saying that his face is sweaty. Linda insists he takes the gimp mask off, to which he exclaims very loudly, never, and then promptly runs into a wall. And then starts moaning and groaning on the floor. He sounds exactly like Gloria during <laughs> that moaning and groaning. Sounds like Alan Gloria. <laughs> Which to be fair is like his most, I don't want to say sincere, but like his brush with sex. I mean, unless he hears Bob and Linda. I don't want to think about that. The episode ends with a slinky jazz outro. That was not bad. Did you give it a B and B plus? Yes. It'll get a B and B plus for me. <laughs> Robot boy. You know what that sound means. It is trivia time. All right. I don't know if I'm prepared for this. Well, it's the last one that I edited. You checked your notes, so I'm going to say you're much more prepared this time. I have my notes in front of me, so let's do this. So I'm going to ask you three questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard, which are going to be worth one point, two point, and three points apiece. Your easy question today is, what is Bob's morning routine? Do you want to know what the morning routine was specifically in the bed and breakfast episode? Yes. He brushes his teeth, he shaves his face with a cleaver, and he washes himself, well he basically has a bath in the sink, the slop sink, as he likes to call it. Woo! 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 And gets a little tickled by the pressure of the spray. Very nice. That is one point for you. That's a lot for one point. It was very easy and very funny and memorable. <laughs> it was a good moment. All right. And for your medium question, what four things did Linda plan for her bed and breakfast guests? There is the meet and greet. There is the wine and cheese event. There is the ice cream social and uh, wine and cheese night. You know what? You got three. So that's what I was looking for. You but, got. But wine and cheese night is the other one. You said wine and cheese already. The meet and greet. You said that one already. Breakfast. It's a bed and breakfast. So the four answers that I would have accepted were the meet and greet, the wine and cheese mixer, breakfast, I assume, and ice cream social. You said three out of four, so you were getting your full points. All right. I'm mad that I didn't know that last one, though. Mm -hmm. Although Bob ate a toothpick. And also Teddy had eggs for breakfast. Yes. The hard question. This one is challenging because the answers are a little more complicated. Oh, great. I like the fact that answers is plural. Mm -hmm. You know I'm going to destroy you next week, right? You're ahead by 12 points. <laughs> you are in a comfortable lead, and you haven't gotten a question wrong. <laughs> That's delightful. 
Is that through all of our recorded episodes? Yes. Radical. Okay, give me the last question. The last question has a potential of seven answers. I need four. That's fair. What are the embarrassing moments that were mentioned (laughs) at the meet and greet? Oh, like if any of them? I need four out of the mentioned seven. All right. It's embarrassing when Bob says gracias at Mexican restaurants. That's one. It's embarrassing when Bob got a perm. That's another one. Oh. Can you tell me what else it was called? Uh, side wave. Side. Ooh. It's a body wave. No body bo- wave. No body. bonus points on that one. All right. What else you got? That when Linda gave him a prostate exam, he went poopy. Okay. You got one more. And one time Linda coughed at communion and and it spat out of her mouth and landed on her boob. That's four. Three points for you. Congratulations. Another seven points, putting you 19 points in the lead. I'm trying to remember what the other ones are. Hold on. Jean says one about Bob, too. Oh, when Dad started jogging. Yeah. There's one more. There are two more. What? There are seven potential answers. Oh, this event? Yep. <laughs> From the Samuels? And yep. then there's another Bob-related one. Okay, what's the last one? The last one is that he cried at the end of About, <laughs> about Sch- Smith. About Schmidt. That's when Gene comes out in his underwear. It is. Oh, such a good Gene episode. Would you like to hear the other questions that I had that I was trying to decide on? Sure. My first question that I wrote down, why was Gene in his underwear? Because he was eating. And? You can't get butter all over yourself. Exactly. The other ones, what are the names of the B&B guests? Full names if they are mentioned. Nora and Ed Samuels. Those were the ones I was expecting to be much harder. <laughs> Javed or Javi or Javid. Or Yavid. Or Yavid. You know, yeah. what name the many times Linda got his name wrong. I don't think she got it right once. I don't think so either. And Teddy. Let's see, what else did I have here? What are the Samuels' first names? Nora and Ed. What costume characters appear on screen? Fox, owl, rhino, bear dressed up like a baby, raccoon, and hippo. And that's it. You were so close. Owl? This should have been the hard question. Wait, wait. Owl? Okay, fox is the leader. There are six that appear on screen. I did say six. You did. Oh, frog. Which one isn't there, but it's a frog? Hippo's there. No, okay, so there's a there's the baby as a bear, or bear dressed up as a baby that's one there's a fox and there's an owl those fox ones i know for sure yep there's a raccoon because that's up in the front behind the fox raccoon and then there's the frog because it's like bright green so it goes fox and then it's raccoon and frog and then there's three in the behind and it's owl and bear dressed up like a baby and then the one in the middle is the hippo is it not a hippo there's definitely a hippo what? there is no rhino did i say rhino too yes oh it's a frog instead of a mm-hmm. rhino you're still missing one how am I missing one? So you got fox, baby bear, frog slash lizard, I would have accepted because it kind of looks like it has a tail. Okay. Raccoon, hippo, what else? Seal. The baby seal, or the seal from Wonder Wharf. I mean, that's in a flashback. Here's I on guess screen. that's fair. That counts. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That should have been my hard question. I mean, I still would have gotten most of it. So you would have gotten half points. So you'd only be ahead by 18 instead of 19. <laughs> the seal yeah well, i was just thinking of the end scene i wasn't thinking about the flashbacks where teddy's wife was getting railed by a seal <laughs> anyways 
And that is all the bonus questions that I had to try and tease your brain with. I guess we can move on to the burger of the day. Let's do it. We grilled up the burger of the day for this episode, which was the Camembertly Legal Burger. Camembertly Legal. Camembertly Legal. Based off of the upscale magazine, Barely Legal. You're talking about like the dirty magazine. Yes. That seems like a weird choice for Bob. There was another one in the episode too, right? The Krautwurst Burger. Yeah, something with kraut. Ugh, I am not a sauerkraut fan. So that's why we didn't make it. For this burger, it was fairly complicated compared to other ones. This recipe did not appear in the Bob's Burgers Burger Cookbook. But if you want to try other Bob's Burgers burgers, they are all in the cookbook. And you can find that link in our podcast description. It's a great book. It is. It has just about all of them. So the recipe we used for the Canterbury Legally Burger, my partner Kim found online. We started out with a fairly basic patty. Garlic, breadcrumbs, egg, beef. Preheated the oven at 375 this time because you like crispier burgers. And for this one one I took camembert cheese made a little pocket in the patties themselves and made it like a stuffed patty with cheese just trying to get extra cheesiness in there did 10 minutes on one side flipped them 10 minutes on the other and for the last three minutes I put the rest of the cheese on top so it kind of melt and get some extra cheesiness Mm -hmm. for the toppings it got a little bit complicated it required sauteed onions so a little bit of oil a little bit of butter in a pan saute those onions up real good and it also wanted sauteed apple pieces this one was a little bit confusing the recipe was not very clear on how the apples should be cut what they're supposed to look like how thick they were it just said apple slices sauteed i think i did the apple slices a little bit small and next time i think i'm gonna do sliced rounds of apple and saute those instead like a little apple disc indeed okay and then we had mayo and regular buns from top to bottom it was bun mayo onions cheese stuffed patty apple bits mayo bun and with that we can move on to the burger review anybody who's been listening up to this point knows that our burger review is a score out of 20 points each up to five points for umami which is savoriness up to five points for mouthfeel up to five points for emotional resonance and up to five points for reeatability so kim out of five how was the umami for this burger i am gonna give it a 4.5 4.5 i think that's the highest score you've given so far it's possible i think the bacon burger i gave a five but okay. it has bacon in it but this is a pretty close second this is probably the second most enjoyable burger that I've had. Mm-hmm. I was going to sit with a nice four on that one yeah. as well. I really like the caramelized onion. I like the apples. I wish the apples were slightly crispier, but they tasted good. I thought they were a nice pairing with the cheese. Camembert cheese is very similar to brie, which is my favorite cheese. And so uh, it was like eating a big chunk of brie on a hamburger and you really can't go wrong with that. That is fair. Do you feel like that was a good mouth feel for you? Pretty good overall. I like the onions. I'm usually not an onion gal unless it's like raw red onions so the yellow caramelized onions were tasty mm-hmm. wasn't too oniony apple like you said like a nice companion to the cheese the bun was real brittle and that's just because they were older bones Ugh. they were fine a nice three fine or a nice four fine i'm gonna give it a four Ooh, la, la. a little cr- a crumbly bun isn't enough for me to not want to eat another burger you know i do like the softer patties and they were a little firmer with the higher heat cook so i think i'm gonna sit on a four as well i wish i had more apple pieces in mine but that's just kind of the way it shook out with the amount of apples that I worked on. How about emotional resonance? I had like yum yum and my tongue feels. For me, it was a very summer's day kind of burger. Mm, like yep. the apple pieces were a sweet counterpoint to the savoriness and saltiness of the burger and cheese. Mm-hmm. Felt real good. I'm, I think I'm going to sit on another four for that one. Yeah, I go for four too. Oh, dang. 
It was tasty. I was watching the episode for the third time while I was eating, so it can't go wrong with Burger and Bob's Burgers. And for reeatability, I think this one I would probably reeat sooner than I would even reeat the bacon burger. Mm. I'm going to give this one a nice five. I am also going to give it a five because if it is an excuse to have camembert cheese in the house more often, I am B&B plus plus all over this. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners there you have it we have some final tallies here there is 17 for me and 17.5 for kim Woo. and just in case we forget please feel free to email us at ultimate tabletop network at gmail.com and remind us to re-eat this burger during a season break where we test out burgers that we didn't get recipes for just we, because this one's real nice can we include the burger link so people have the recipe handy for sure kim will add the burger link to the description later Thank you for listening to License to Grill, brought to you by the Ultimate Tabletop Network. Don't forget to return next week for Season 1, Episode 8, Art Crawl. If you want to cook up some burgers of the day yourself, please check out the link in the podcast description for the Bob's Burgers Cookbook, as well as the link for the recipe we use today, which is not in the cookbook. And with that, good night, all my bun buddies. Adios. Gracias. Pull out your whip and whip him. He's been a naughty boy. I have been a naughty boy. Jean, why are you in your underwear? I was eating. What? You want me to get butter all over my clothes? Yeah, now we just take them out back and hose them off.